Hi guys, today I'm here with Louisa Anome. I'd even asked how to pronounce your name, is that correct? Anome. I'm clearly not Nigerian enough. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here with Louisa today and we're going to be talking about querying. Louisa, introduce yourself and who you're repped by and when your book comes out and just tell everybody who you are. Sure. Hi guys, I'm Louisa Anome. Um, I'm repped by Claire Friedman at Inkwell Management Literary Agency. Uh, My book is a YA contemporary Currently titled Comes and Goes, but that may change. I'm not too sure. Um, and my book comes out spring 2021. Yay. <laughs> I'm so excited for Yay. it. I know. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm obviously Farida. I am represented by Hannah Shepherd of the DHA in London. And my book comes out next April. So just jumping straight into the episode, could you tell us what a query letter is for people that aren't really aware of what they are and what their purpose is? Sure. Um, so a query letter, I'm sure a lot of... Um, currently querying writers are probably tired of this sort of explanation, but a query letter um, is kind of like a formal request for representation that you would send to um, an agent or an agency. Um, I know there's usually a word count, uh, maybe between like 200 to 400-ish words, depending on what your book is about and maybe what genre. Um, And so in it, you're essentially just talking about... um, what your book is about, but not like a full synopsis. It's mainly just the main points. If you think of it like a hooky sort of pitch, that's probably a little bit closer to what it is. Um, And yeah, and then that's the sort of thing that writers, once you have a polished manuscript, you would send out to um, a list of curated agents that you would want to represent you. And what do you think makes a query letter work? Um, Huh, I think with, especially with the advice that I've been given, it's mainly... um, I think when people described it as like a hooky pitch, to me, that's when I really kind of understood what I should be writing. Um, Because I know with a synopsis, like you can, like even a synopsis or a summary, you can just go through and explain what your book is about. But then like summaries and synopses, they're not really the most interesting thing. So you might be explaining everything that happens in your book or even the main plot points of your book. And it just doesn't sound interesting regardless of how interesting your book is. Yeah. So when you write a query letter, um, even people who've done Twitter pitches will understand like a hook and how to kind of bring that out. But you're still, like even in a query letter, you still, I think, would have to bring out the hook a bit more to make it seem like um, stuff is happening in my book, but when this happens, what will happen if this doesn't happen or whatever? But like just trying to sell your book almost, because that's, I think, essentially what it should be is that um, agents are super busy, they open their inboxes and they are reading through all this material and you want it to be engaging so you really are trying to write um, to play up the hook of your story and really just write something that is engaging to someone who's never read your book before yeah, um, 100% so yeah, could you read us your query, um, the one that you got your agent with sure, um, okay some details have changed so I'm gonna like mentally try not say the wrong thing okay Um, So I mentioned my book is a YA contemporary, so this is the query. 16-year-old Chinello is all about her neighborhood. She loves the chill vibe of Ginger East, its ride-or-die sense of community, and the memories she has of her best friends growing up there. Even though most of them moved away, and new gentrified businesses have altered the makeup of her neighborhood, she still has Kate, whose family owns local staple Ginger Store, and as long as both Kate and Ginger Store never leave, she's good. After all, Ginger Store was Chinello's unofficial hangout spot, her first semi-job, and her second home. She knows she wouldn't be the same without it. But when Ginger's store is broken into, Chinello's sense of security is shaken. Her first instinct? 
find out who did this and why they want to hurt her community by targeting such a beloved spot. Unwanted media attention from the incident makes Kate less enthusiastic to dig around, causing a rift between her and Chinello. To top it all off, local real estate developers want Kate's family to sell, forcing the girls to drift further apart from each other. Chinello's entire world is changing, and she must figure out how to get things back on track or risk losing herself and her world to the constant monster of change. It should be for the better, but better for who? That was amazing. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Can I put it in the show notes? Yeah, sure. I wanted to read mine, but now I can't find it. Oh, no. I want to hear yours. I was just about to ask, like, also read yours. Because your premise is really cool. I'm very bad at reading things out loud. Actually, the other day, I had um, I had this thing at, like, a, at a festival. Where I had to read out, like, some pages from my book. And yeah. I was shaking. It was horrible. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's always so nerve-wracking, though. Like, the first time I ever did a live reading uh, for one of my older, older manuscripts... I, like my mouth was so dry i was like stuttering my voice was not like it didn't sound like me and i was like just let this end please just let this end like it was so bad so it's fine i i sympathize i'm going to read my query letter from my debut novel so dear agent's name in this case it would be <laughs> hannah shepherd my agent from sex tapes to covered up murders devon and chiamaka have a lot at stake if their secrets ever get out anyone that knows them knows they are the furthest from friends some may even call them enemies but when aces an anonymous texter starts spreading their secrets around their private school they have no choice but to team up and expose their tormentor's identity if they fail to act fast enough they risk social annihilation and losing out on a place at their dream colleges devon and chiamaka set out to find out the person or people behind aces but what they find however is the soiled history of the high school's past and that aces is not just a game of high school mean girls but instead a powerful institution that dates back 400 years ago an institution with the power to not only ruin the lives of the only black students at the private academy but also historically the lives of millions that look just like them now it's not just about them devon and chiamaka must expose aces or risk violent and treacherous history repeating itself i rewrote it so many times i think it was the query i worked hardest on yeah i it's funny because like originally um so in I've always wanted to write, but in 2012 is when I kind of like became serious and was like, I'm going to actually accomplish this. And before, I think maybe it was just like me being naive or something, but I'm like, this can't be that difficult. And I would write a query letter that like was not good, was not whatever. But I think back then I also just like didn't care as much as I should have. So over the years, I think the more, obviously the more I started caring, um, and like editing my query letters just as much as I was editing my synopses and my pages and everything. Um, it's made, I think, this most recent one, the one that I've worked on the most. Um, so yeah, no, I agree. It's definitely. My first query letter, I literally wrote like, dear agent, or not like dear agent, but I mean their name. And then I yeah. wrote, I'm from London and here's my my query. Oh, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> like, it was like a w- one line long and then that was oh, it. God. Yeah, I think one of my first queries, like, uh, I don't know what was wrong with me, but I was just like, it was essentially just like a pitch, like a, like how people would do like a Twitter pitch. Yeah. And like, it was like that. And then it was like, I am, I have a BA in this. I have like, you know, when they make you do like a biography and then that was it. It was like all together, like a hundred words or something. Oh my God. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is going to work. And it definitely didn't. So yeah, a learning curve. It's a sure. lot to like, it's so much to learn yeah and you just kind of thrown into this world and you have to make mistakes but it can be so embarrassing looking back i know like my like i i want to believe that agents are super busy and like none of them will remember 
my name, like the ones that I've queried in the past with horrible query letters. Like I want to believe that they have, they've completely already forgotten me or like forgotten all the bad queries they've read. I don't know. I, that's, that's my hope anyway. I hope they've like forgotten me completely and they never bring it up <laughs> if they even remember me. Yeah, I'm just like, let's pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Do you have any query tips? Um, yes. I think, cause I guess we already talked a little bit about the query itself. So I guess, um, like once you've kind of gotten to that stage where you have a really good query, you, I think, I think most importantly, especially this is what I paid attention to this last final time was really paying attention to the list of people you want to query. I think it's very easy. I know for me it was, but I think it's very easy to fall into that trap of like, oh, I just really want to be represented. Like I just really want an agent. I really want an agent. And then you have like a list of a hundred agents who you're like, I just want one of these people to represent me, but you don't know anything about them, um, about maybe the books they represent, about their reading styles, about the sorts of genres they represent, or the, I guess, like, even within, like, for example, if you're writing YA, even within, like, YA fantasy, the type of fantasy they like, or whatever, like, you just kind of have a list, and you're like, I'm going to query all these people, and whatever. Um, I think it's really important to have a smaller list almost like just a more condensed list a list of people who genuinely if they email you back and they say oh I really like the full I want to hop on a call with you that you will genuinely be like oh wow I'm excited to work with this person not just because I feel like like that's the time you don't want to be having second thoughts where someone calls you back and you're like oh snap um I don't actually want to work with this person like or I don't know anything about them or I've been on their agency website now and oh it seems a bit sketchy I don't know like that's really not the time you want to be having those thoughts you should really try and curate your list up front um and just be honest with yourself I think with what you're looking for in um in an agent and then go forward and query so yeah that's probably my biggest tip is just to have like a well curated list beforehand i think that's the best tip because especially for marginalized writers we're kind of so Uh desperate to break in and um be accepted by someone because there's so much coded language and just different things that put up a barrier between us and getting into the industry that we're just desperate to get an agent and we forget sometimes a bad agent is worse than no agent yeah and it's funny because even while querying like you hear that a lot but like it's one of those things where um, like people will say that and I was always like, oh, the only people who say that are people who are agented. So like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to take that advice seriously, but it is true. Like you don't want to be working with someone who, um, who is who does not have your best interest at heart. You also don't want to be working with someone who doesn't understand your book. And I think that that for me was the most important thing where it's like, I, like you just have to kind of understand what I'm trying to accomplish, even though the first, second, third draft is not the most um, ambitious thing ever. But it's like, just understand where I'm trying to go with this so we can go there together. Like you don't want to work with someone who doesn't understand what it is you're trying to say, because then you're going to spend so much time um, explaining yourself um, and explaining aspects of your story that to you might seem not worth explaining or like that don't need that that kind of time to explain um it could because when you do get signed like you probably want to work on editing um and just a lot of revision like you don't want those revisions to completely just be about explaining why you've made the creative choices that you've made if that makes sense 
Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. I think that I, when I was querying and I would, I would hear that advice that a bad agent is worse than no agent, I would think it was very patronizing. I feel yeah. like not many people show you what that looks like, what a bad agent can possibly do that will hinder your success or like you getting further. But I think yeah. one of the things that can um, manifest as a result of a bad agent is you not selling to an, a publisher because your agent either has yeah. a bad reputation or they, they just don't know how to pitch a manuscript to be ready to be on submission to publishers um the thing as well that's like an issue with that is that if your book has been seen by a lot of publishers that's kind of the end of it whereas if your book has been queried by and seen by a lot of agents there is still hope for it in the future yeah but once it's been seen by publishers likelihood of it being out in the world one day is very very slim mm-hmm. yeah for sure it's it's just so funny because I know like trying to get into the mindset of when I was querying and it's like just reading all of this advice and all these blog posts about the next step and sometimes it's just so hard to conceptualize that because you're so stuck in the querying trenches and you've been there for a while so I like I understand um that it's difficult like when people say things like oh um it's better like to have no agent than bad than a bad agent um sometimes you just don't understand what that means but I think it's something that's still pretty good to keep in mind even if you don't understand it then um and yeah and just like focus on the sorts of the kinds of agents you want to work with and then really make sure that you're only querying those people that if they do call you back and express interest that you actually would say yes to them exactly any other query tips um hmm. that was kind of my one big tip that to me made like a difference i don't know if i have any others i don't know if i have any others that are like legitimate uh i don't know no probably not (laughs) nothing else is coming to mind i was gonna say i'm like oh try and keep it to like two paragraphs but i'm like no 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 like people write differently and structure can be different so that's not that's not a real point so please don't like take that into account (laughs) Uh, I think one is like we done a mentorship sorry my voice is really horrible right now because i'm ill with many things um (laughs) I've got tonsillitis and sinus problems. So I'm losing my voice. But um, one thing I noticed is that me and Louisa were involved in a mentorship called um, Avengers of Colour that we started this summer. And I've noticed a lot of people that were kind of sending um, query-like things to our inbox was that their query looked a lot like a synopsis than trying to pitch something. So I think the difference between a synopsis and a query is what people get hung up on is that a synopsis is kind of a boring telling of what happens in each step of your story whereas mm-hmm. a query kind of should look like the cover jacket is that what they call it yeah it should look like what goes on the back of a book it should tell you a lot about the book but it should also not give away too much it's supposed to make the agent drop everything and want to read your book they scroll through hundreds a day sometimes and you need to have things that are going to make them stop and want to read and disrupt their day essentially mm-hmm. yeah and like just so you described the synopsis um because i think i know initially i was so maybe there might be a few people out there as well who kind of feel the same way like that um that a synopsis like i know some people or me maybe it's just me did not want to put everything in the synopsis because we felt that it would give things away but that's literally the point of a synopsis. Like, it's just it's just like a summary of the entire book. So you need to write in things like the ending and, like, the twist and all of that. Um, especially, I know, for some agents who request it, like, they just want to make sure that your book is going somewhere, that you've paced out the story and that the resolution makes sense or, like, whatever. Um, but with a query, it is meant to entice. So, like, you don't need to put the twist in there, really. Like, you don't need to put all that stuff in there, really. You're trying to sell it. So... 
like I went to um like marketing school and whatever, and they would always talk about an elevator pitch. And so it's like the strangest concept because I don't think this has actually ever happened to anyone. But if you were ever stuck in an elevator with someone and all you had is two minutes, like how would you pitch yourself? Um, not that a query should be that long or that short, but that like you should think about what is the most interesting thing about your book, like the climax and the stakes, and that's what you should kind of build up towards in your query to try and make it engaging for an agent or an editor whoever is gonna read it i agree i heard someone say elevator pitch a few years ago and i got really mm-hmm. scared because i was like i can't pitch like on the spot no and it's I'm, I'm just thinking about what you said earlier how you're like oh every time you have to read out loud like you're just not good at it and with me i'm really not good at summarizing my book and a lot of people are like oh we well, have to get better at that now and i understand that However, like, I've never been good at saying anything succinctly, ever. So whenever people ask me, oh, what's your book about? I, the way I describe it, like, I'm pretty much just telling you the story. Like, I don't know how to be like, oh, it's, I don't know. There's some people who give really good in-person pitches, and I'm so envious, but I'm not one of those people. And I don't think I ever will be, and I'm fine with that. Like, I don't know. Same. I just can't do it. I feel like I start stuttering, and I'm like, it's good, I promise. Yeah, I start sweating, and I'm like, okay. And people are looking at me like, you wrote it, right? And I'm like, yeah, I wrote it, but it's... I don't know. I can't. I'm not the best person to like to succinctly describe what it's about. Like I can tell you the story, but it will not sound engaging because I don't know how to like, I don't know. I can't do verbal pitches. That's not, that's not my strength in life. I'm completely the same. I wanted to know for you what your experience um, of querying was as a writer of colour. I've actually spoken to so many writers of colour and we don't all have the same experience. Some of us find it actually very easy. Some of us had a lot of issues along the way some of us like were querying for 10 years and getting a lot of coded um responses back and some of us didn't have we didn't have those barriers essentially so i wanted to know um what was your experience of querying and was it difficult for you as a writer of color um it wasn't i wouldn't say it was particularly difficult for me i don't think any more than it than the process is difficult um i know as a black writer i i guess i'm pretty fortunate to have not felt like I got that specific sort of pushback um, or any sort of coded language in that sense. Um, I think my my querying journey is strange because I, I feel like even from the beginning when I was writing very horrible queries and had like this weird sort of um, just like, I don't know, just thought that I'm like, oh, this is, this is going to happen for me. Like, of course it will. And I just kind of kept going with that mindset. And so, and I think... Um, that's why for me, like originally when I started querying, I wrote a book and I'm like, I love this. I'm going to query it. And then I queried it, got nowhere. And then I was like, well, let me try again. And then I would just literally write like a book a year, edit it, kind of query it, get nothing. Okay. And then try again. But I always kind of had that um, thought at the back of my mind that, well, this is going to eventually work for me. Like, I just have to keep going. Like there's, I don't know if it's just like confidence to a certain degree but I was just like oh if it's not this book it'll be the next one don't worry like the next one just keep going just keep going it's fine and so because of that querying like the day-to-day was difficult because um I can be very impatient so like as much as I understand that the industry can be a bit slow at times and like stuff is happening behind the scenes that you don't see so it's not like there's going to be an update all the time I was still very antsy like um like how come I didn't get a response okay this person said they might respond by this time or whatever and like all that kind of I don't know too much stress about timelines and stuff but um I don't know at the back of my mind I was always like eventually it will work for me so I just have to keep going and I think what was 
good for me in the beginning is that I didn't focus too, too much on, um, like not even the online aspect, but I didn't really share a bunch of, or a lot of what I was doing. Um, just cause I didn't really have a community, a writing community, um, until very recently. So before it was just kind of like me being like, well, if this isn't working, like, let me just try this and like, let me keep going and stuff. And so I think overall the journey, now that I kind of step back and look at it, it seems pretty like strangely straightforward in a way, but for sure the day to day was a little bit grueling. Um, and you feel like there are definitely times where you feel like, uh, like I, I wrote this book, I really identify with it. And I wish it was this one that people pick. Like, I wish it was this one. And then it wasn't. And then I'm like, ah, oh, stop. And then I have to go write something else. But I was okay with that. Cause I always thought that, or I always kind of believed that eventually it's going to happen. And I just have to keep going forward. So that was really positive. Yeah, I know. And I, I don't even know if I feel a type of way about like, cause I, I read other people's stories and everyone's journey is different. Um, but my journey, like, was really anticlimactic. Like, really, nothing happened to me. So I read other people's stories, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, it's just, I, I like that we can share with each other and, like, um, learn from one another and one another's kind of paths and everything. But, like, I really, like, it's nothing noteworthy happened to me. Like, it was very much like, oh, um, this story, I guess, like, didn't click with people. That sucks, and I'm sad about it, but I have this other idea, so I'm just going to try that one. Like, maybe it'll be that one. I feel like for me, my first two books were objectively hard to probably represent. Uh, my first book was just crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, we can be honest with each other. <laughs> exactly, like I finished writing it and then I queried it. I didn't even look back at it. I didn't read it over. I just wrote it. I was like, cool, that's done. Oh my gosh. They'll sort it out, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then as I learned more about the industry as I was querying it, I was like, there's no way this is actually good enough. And so I wrote another book and then I realized that book would be hard to sell because it was it was like i guess new adults but not like how we know what new adult is it was like 19 year olds at college or university just like living life and being sad and so i was like okay exactly um that's my life right now um and then my third book was ace of spades and i had picked up a lot of knowledge on the industry and i kind of knew what the industry kind of wanted in terms of word count and structure and just i didn't really because you can't write for the market because whatever you see on the tables in bookshops, you're already two years late. That was the trend two years ago yeah. when they were buying those books. I think that you can look at stuff like, oh, um, for YA, the MC can't be nine years old, for example, in most cases. And in middle grade, the MC can't be 17 years old. So you have to kind of know what the industry classes as the different categories and what's appropriate for each category. And I kind of figured that out by the time I got to, I got to writing my third book. So I think with my third book is when I really was able to objectively see when agents were genuinely being a bit prejudiced and so like I would read stories about people represented by people who would say oh yeah my agent didn't like the entirety of my second half of my book but they saw potential so they took it on whereas I see a lot of my friends of color who an agent may have just been like I don't like the ending or I didn't like the pacing here and it just seems very very nitpicky and weird and I think that as writers of color it's very important to kind of not give up and just see that other people have kind of made it in it's not perfect yet and we're very very far like we're very far from the finish line i see like statistics every day i don't know how bad it is in canada actually um louisa's from canada Um, the statistics in the uk is horrific for the writers of color published each year Um, yeah i know um i feel like i did see something that was canada specific but i cannot remember i think the stats are pretty much like 
quite similar between um, Canada and the States anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I know here we do, um, like I, I volunteer with an organization called the Festival of Literary Diversity or the Fold, and um, we're a diverse book festival. So every year in May, um, we house writers with diverse backgrounds who are telling diverse stories. And I think we are probably the only festival in Canada of that kind. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a need for, I guess, different voices across the board. And I know Canada for sure has that same sort of issue in our literature. Yeah, I think that's a really great festival idea. I don't think that the UK have many like that. Um, we have one that recently came up that I was involved with. Um, it's called Pop Up and they are an organization who um, put together a book of 100 writers and illustrators in the UK of color. And people like Natasha Nagan were in it and um, okay. just different like writers of colour from the UK but it was really cool because it kind of gave us that exposure a lot of the time we're like where are these writers but they're here they're just not getting the exposure so it was really good yeah, exactly. I wanted to ask could you kind of give us your query experience from the beginning how you got your agent and how you queried and how long it took for you and just different things like that huh okay I'm gonna try and like tell this story without <laughs> getting too deep in my feelings but that might be hard so okay I so with this book um so first of all I got accepted in to author mentor match round three that was around October 2017 um and I worked on my manuscripts with Farrah Penn who's an amazing author out of California and so I was able to polish my manuscripts and then start finally started querying I want to say April 2018 because that's when DV Pit I believe was that year um and I was like I'm going to be ready for DV Pit because I just really I don't know wanted to be a DV Pit success or something like I was just like it's so cool how there's like a large family of people who've kind of gotten deals off that and I just wanted to be one so I queried or I I pitched during DV Pit um got a lot of response but nothing really panned out um, and so from like April, like all through the summer, kind of lost a little bit of morale. And I was like, I should move on to something else. Like I should write something else. And I was trying to just come up with a new idea. And then August hits. And okay, so there's a podcast called Jesus and Jolof with Yvonne Orji and Lovi Adai. They're two Nigerian American um, actresses, entrepreneurs, just everything. Um, and they have an episode, like this is very specific. I like will tell the story forever, but they have an episode that came out early August and I think it was about like the glow up or something. And I don't know, I was just listening to this episode and then I was just like telling myself, I'm like, no, I'm like, this is, this can't be the end of it. I think either they say something in the episode or maybe I had like conjured up the words in my mind of like, I didn't come this far to just come this far. Like I have to keep going, it's fine. And so I was like, no, screw this. And I, after I had to stop crying because I'm always crying about something, um, I like went to my computer and I um, somehow ended up on the Inkwell website and I was scrolling through and just reading about the different agents and I saw, I read Claire's biography and I'm like, I'm going to query her. Like, it seems like maybe we'd be a good match. And I found her on Query Tracker and stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm like, this has to be it, whatever. And I sent out a query. It was um, a few days later and then they requested the full. And then a week later, I hopped on a call with them. And then a week after I had signed. So to me, I'm like, I will always credit Jesus on Jalop and that episode for just like changing my mentality. Because I definitely think a lot of it, like especially when you're low on morale, you just want someone to kind of like pick you up or something to pick you up. And for me, that honestly really kind of changed my perspective completely. So that was my August 2018. (laughs) That's so great. I feel like we really need people to tell us to not give up. And I think that you were telling me earlier that usually you would just kind of write a manuscript each year and then query. 
year if it didn't pan out you'd go and move on to the next thing and it's interesting how you kind of broke the cycle with this one you were like yeah. I'm not giving up on myself and my yeah. story and that's really cool and I love how um it was them that like pushed you <laughs> forward because they're just such amazing Nigerian women like I know <laughs> I love them so much. Like, their podcast is so legit. And I love how, um, especially that first season, so the episodes that aired in, like, 2018, um, just so inspirational. Like, when I listened to it, I was just like, oh, and especially because, like, you hear about them at their lowest point, but then you see, like, what they're doing in the world now, and I'm like, wow, like, everybody has a lowest point. So it was kind of that weird sort of solidarity, even though, like, I am definitely not on the same level as them now. But, like, I just felt so, I don't know, just so, like, close to their story. And it really just resonated with them. I mean, you have a two-book deal at major publishers, so... That's, yeah, that's, like, it's just, just taking off. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I don't think she mentioned it, but she's been published by Penguin Delacorte in the US and HarperCollins in Canada. But she's yes. being humble, so I guess. <laughs> yeah, I completely. I love my editor so much, so I'm. I feel bad that I did not mention that earlier, but no, they're really cool. Like similarly, I was so close to giving up. I um, I actually think I saw your pitch in DV Pit. Mm, I look. You think I saw yours as well when your screen name was like Addix or was it oh Addicts? Like, yes. yeah, By the way, author mental match is like a mentorship between published or agented writers um, who basically mentor unagented writers and help them get their manuscripts and their pitches and everything to a level where it can be queried and possibly help them seek representation. Um, and then DV Pit is a pitch contest for diverse writers. So that's writers from marginalized backgrounds such as disabled writers, queer writers, writers of color. Um, and it basically helps us to get that spotlight with agents looking at our pitches and everything because we often are marginalized in this industry both me and louisa we entered in april 2018 and we both weren't successful from that and actually i remember i got so many likes on dv pits and i was like oh my god maybe this might be my breakthrough and yeah. i ended up not getting any agents from dv pit i was really really depressed by that and i remember i actually told my agent this and she was like oh that's sad um <laughs> I remember I had a list of agents. So with DVP, I got over a hundred likes on my tweet. I didn't take on most of those agents because I actually learned to, during my whole querying process, I learned that I wanted an agent I really wanted. So yeah. before DVP, I created a list that my agent was on already on that list. Um, but then I also made a DVP list. So I put off querying the agents from my previous list and focused on the DVP list just to see if I would get success from DVP. When I didn't, I started then querying the agents from my original list of agents. And I saw my agent's website and I was, like this agent is like for me she like represents every genre she loves dark literature and that's kind of my brand i like writing dark things and so i was like yeah i'm definitely going to um query her but by the time i got to querying her i was very depressed and i was like this is the last agent i'm querying for this book like i've given up and then a few hours after I sent her the query, she said, could I have the um, the full? And then a week later, she was like, can we meet up for coffee in London? Because we're both in the same country. So wow. it was great. Actually, the place we met up was called the Library Club. And it's like a place that has like books in the shelves like as the walls and it's just oh, so cool. literary it's so cool but yeah i was so close to giving up and you were as well it's so interesting how when you're like at the lowest amazing things mm-hmm. can happen yeah exactly that's that's actually a really good thing to keep in mind as well because sometimes you do feel like oh, this is it whatever and to be fair i do want to preface this with like sometimes you do feel like this is it and sometimes it is it um unfortunately mm-hmm. but new things always come out of the ashes like all the time so you just really have to 
I think be open to whatever possibilities are out there. But sometimes when you do feel like this is it, like this is the last one, and then it does work out, like I feel like, I don't know, it's just such a nice feeling to, I don't know, feel justified or something after. Also, I love what you said. You said new things come out of the ashes. It's so nice. Like you're a phoenix or something. Like it's not the end. Just keep on writing and trying. That's all you can really do. I always um, see like writers that I really admire say stuff about how the only thing you can control in this industry is your words and what you put down on the page. And so just Mm -hmm. keep on writing stories that you're passionate about and you can't control anything other than that yeah i feel like there's um like i i don't know it's sometimes it's hard i think especially i can only speak to twitter because i i think i'm on twitter a bit more than other platforms but like it is difficult when you're waiting on something or you're trying to get to the next stage and then you see people talking about um the next stage or whatever and then you feel like you can't really identify or to be honest sometimes people will be at that next stage and they'll say like well don't worry whatever whatever and not to say that that's patronizing but just sometimes like you don't know how to feel when you read that kind of stuff um so my biggest advice for people who are in that situation is just honestly like get off the internet um and focus on your book like just write something um maybe reconnect with what you enjoyed about your writing to begin with uh i don't know and just stay off twitter kind of because i i feel like to some degree i know with me personally so i can only really speak for myself but sometimes when i'm just not in a good headspace being on twitter does not help because it's just filled with people who are at different stages kind of either talking about the stage they're at or wanting to be at another stage or trying to empathize with people at another stage and it's a lot of like back and forth conversations that i feel like eventually just kind of drown out themselves and so like in times like that i'm like i just need to figure out what i'm working on write something and that will, through that process, I will feel a lot better about myself and my ability and like all of that. So, Do you remember when you were a querying writer and you'd always see like every other day there would be someone announcing that they have an agent or a book deal and just felt like you were stuck in this kind of horrible low position? Yeah, it was so weird because like, because I said, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, well, eventually that'll be me. Eventually it'll be me. But at some point you're like, okay, but when is it going to be me? And then... Then it's just, then it becomes difficult. Like, then it's like, even if I believe it, that I'm like, this is going to happen for me one day, seeing it happen for other people before me, I was like, I'm happy for all of you, but this is not a place that I can, like, comfortably engage. Um, So I'm just going to take a step back, sort of. But yeah, like, I, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. Because I like when people announce news. It's always nice to know what's going to be coming out um, and just to congratulate people the community is so large and there's so many different types of writers writing so many cool things so you just want to read about all of them um but at a point if you just feel like you can't deal with it it's 100 percent fine to just like log off you don't even have to announce you're logging off like you can just leave and go back to what it is you enjoy about the writing process and then that will kind of help you i don't know recalibrate a little bit 100 percent. that was an amazing episode thank you Yay! so much for joining <laughs> me could you tell everybody where they can find you on like instagram and twitter and like your website yeah um thank you so much for having me by the way this is really cool um so you can find me on twitter mostly my twitter name is i have to double check because they're different okay so <laughs> twitter uh is louisa onomet underscore so that's l-o-u-i-s-a-o-n-o-m-e underscore my instagram is just louisa onomet without the underscore and i have a website too but i like there's nothing on there except for a really cool graphic for my book and like a pitch and everything so you can check that out as well if you want i'll put those in like the show notes thank you so much for being on my podcast thank you so much for having me